illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, The official podcast of the Heiner Tailgate, recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgate headquarters. I'm your host, head chef, planner, and chief bottle washer, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me, as always, from an undisclosed, secure, underground bunker somewhere in rural Harney County, the lead driver and director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my co-host and brother, The Beach. How you doing, Beach? I'm doing great, Billy. How are you doing Pretty good. today? So you're moving around, B. This time you're in Harney County. I I don't even know where the hell Harney County is. That's good because nobody else is going to know where it is either. I figure you're probably just going to well, spend the next number of weeks moving around the state of Oregon. So, yeah, Yes, I am. I'm, I'm mobile. Yeah. I'm like a weapon of mass destruction in Iraq prior to Harney the war. Harney County is like southeastern Oregon out there kind of by Lake County and stuff. Out there in the middle of nowhere. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So, yeah, there you go. Pretty much anywhere outside of the I-5 corridor. <laughs> Nobody knows what's out there. <laughs> so uh, the purpose of a legal participation is for us to spread our insight, experiences, and passion for the Oregon State Beavers with others. And generally just talk beaver sports, football, tailgating, and be a little silly along the way. So today, Beach, we're going to talk a little beaver sports. Okay. We, we seem to do that a lot yes, on this yes, podcast. Yes. Um, we're going to have an update from Eugene. That's always thrilling. We're going to go under further review for week two in the Pac-12. I don't think I did too well in our picks. Oh, this we'll week. wait and see. Uh, okay. And I've got Kyle's picks. He uh, emailed to me uh, after just after we got done recording last week. So I wrote them. Okay, I wrote so them down. So we didn't have to void him and and have him lose yeah, the whole so week. I, well, I wrote them down, so I have those for last week. Plus, I have this week's picks already in the show notes, so we're ready to go there. Oh, sweet. I think we're going to hand out another Tommy Tuberville Jackass of the Week award. We're going to preview the Week 3 games in the Pac-12. I think we're going to look at quite possibly a little Tanner Boyle makes me want to puke award. Okay. uh, I think you've got one of those to hand out. 
I think I've okay. got one, yeah. Um, it is a bye week this week, so we don't have any tailgater to talk about. And um, I think we're going to change things up, Beach. Usually our last segment, we do a little tailgating 101. We've done kind of top seven lists. We've done some funny things. We've done some serious things. Um, but I think, Beach, uh, you've kind of wanted to add a new segment. Yeah, like maybe a rotational segment, something that's not consistent, but when something we've got Something we can kind space. of throw it in there. I kind of like that. Kind of like the... Uh, we don't usually have a jackass of the week award almost every week. I, it's pretty much without yeah. fail. But like the Tanner Boyle makes me want to puke. But the Tanner Boyle. I didn't. I missed that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, I just said yeah. I'm okay. agreeing with you. That's okay. what I do. It's kind of breaking up there, Beej. <laughs> okay. Sorry. It's okay. Okay. Cool. Um. So uh. Yeah. The Tanner Boyle. We kind of pull it out when we need it. Um. When we, something deserves the Tanner Boyle makes me want to puke. Play of the week. Um, mm-hmm. it's just something that kind of makes us feel ill. So we've had, we've had, yeah. um, different plays where people have gotten injured that were pretty gruesome bone yeah, through that skin. kind of stuff. And this one is just something else that kind of makes you sick to your stomach. Yeah. Exactly. So then uh, you talked about beach at the end. We're uh, going to switch it up and not do a tailgating one-on-one section, but, uh, we got a new section that we will talk about when we get down there. Sound good. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. I want to uh, remind everyone, uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can call us on voicemail, 541-207-3586. Uh, you can email us, HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter, at HeinrichTailgator. You can also search out HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. And remember to check out the Heinrich Tailgator website for all the latest Beaver and Pac-12 standings, TV times and channels, and Heinrich Tailgator menus. All right, Beej, ready to talk about some Beaver and Pac-12 news? I, well, first of all, have we gotten any emails or feedback late recently, or have we been dead um, in the water? I, we haven't gotten any emails, no. That's disappointing. Okay, all right, moving and on. And I don't ever, you know, in our famous Lost episode, there yeah. was a uh, a uh, contest. What was the contest? <laughs> we said the first person to email us with a certain answer would win something. So far, nobody's emailed us, so I'm going to shut down that contest. At, uh, let's see, looking at my calendar, the 13th. So at midnight on the 13th. So 11.59.59 p.m. Saturday, September 13th, that contest will end. We might give something away. We might not. Depends if anybody enters. So far. But they need to listen to our last episode. They need to listen to, our last, to, listen to the last episode. So Okay. I like yeah. this idea. You know, we should put out little little things like that. We, we, can, run some, uh, we can run some contests. <laughs> You know, like I don't know, free breadsticks at Woodstock. Well, I might have to pay for, but we, I know, but that's okay. It'd come out of your pocket. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Great. <laughs> right on. All right, Beach. So let's talk a little Beaver and Pac-12 news. We'll start with uh, okay. women's volleyball. All right, I love women's volleyball, Billy. It's my favorite sport. Right on. Well, the uh, Beavers, Beach, beat the University of Pacific, Lafayette College, and Seattle University to take the Red Hawk Invitational this last weekend and remain unbeaten at 6-0 in the 2014 season. Now, Caitlin Driscoll was named tournament MVP, while Mary-Kate Marshall and Laura Schott were named to the all-tournament team. Now, the Beavers welcome the University of Michigan this Friday at 5.30 at Gill Coliseum. So six and zero, it's looking good. That's looking awesome. Got to get, got to get those wins in now because once they get to the Pac-12, things get tough. Okay, right, next? moving on to women's soccer. Dude, I love women's soccer. It's my favorite sport. Freshman goalkeeper Bella Geist recorded her second shutout as the Oregon State women's soccer team tied Cal State Fortin zero to zero Friday evening. 
Then the women's team hit the crossbar twice, but they were unable to score, kind of like Beach on a Friday night, as it fell to 1-0 to Eastern Michigan on Sunday. The Beavers will return to action Friday when they hit the road to take on Florida International in Miami. I can too score. Uh, that's called a scrimmage beach because you're just playing with yourself. Moving on to men's soccer. <laughs> oh <my laughs> Sorry, that was kind of cruel. <laughs> you know, you know, you know. It's only funny when it's, it's not true. Funny when it's somebody else. <laughs> Ah, you know, moving on to men's soccer, not feeling the love because mainly I'm not feeling the love. Give yourself an hour when we're done recording. (laughs) You'll have all the love in your hands. You need. (laughs) Hey, hey, did, did I tell you? So do you heard of the thing about Jennifer Lawrence and those pictures, you know, her her privacy things, you know, on one hand, I I really feel that celebrities have a right to privacy. On the other hand, well, we really can't talk about that because that hand was busy. <laughs> nice, B. All right, there we go. The men's soccer. Now, the men's soccer team moved to a perfect 3-0-0 Friday night as the Beavers took a 2-0 victory over University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. They were unable to overcome an early deficit, though, on Sunday and fell to Marquette 1-0. Milwaukee. So the Beavers return home next week when they host... The Henzer Czar Nike Classic at Paul Lorenz Field with Sienna and Duquesne. So, Sienna and Duquesne will be coming to town this weekend. Sweet. I have no idea where they are. Who they yep. are. <laughs> who are two people who have never been in my kitchen. Uh, I think one of them's from Illinois, I believe. I can't remember. I looked it up because I knew you were going to ask me that. And I now I don't yeah. remember. But they're from back east somewhere. Okay, Beach, no wrestling uh, information this week, but they're getting close to starting up practices. So, Okay. <clears throat> and no, yeah, nothing uh, in Eugene either on wrestling? Uh, who? Uh, the Ducks and their wrestling team, right? Didn't, um, they were putting one together, weren't they? Hold on. Don't they have one? Oh, Beach, the Ducks cut the wrestling program, and they're not planning on bringing it back. Dude. How is it that I forget this every freaking week? It's like been what 45, 46 times now. Every Probably. time I forget that they cut the team. Unbelievable. I, you know, sometimes I'm thinking I'm losing yep. it, but surely they're going to bring it back because I mean, once Oregon state gets a national title in it, certainly Oregon will start a wrestling well, team. No, that's again. probably pretty much for sure. That's pretty much for sure. All right, okay. Let's move on, on to men's basketball. Now, Beach last Tuesday, six foot seven small forward Trey Trinkle, who is uh, the ESPN number forty five player, and uh, in- do, do you find it funny that a six foot seven guy is considered a small? Yeah, it's forward? kind of funny, isn't it? It's like yeah. jumbo shrimp. Um, but he was number forty five on the ESPN list, um, and the six foot four guard Stephen Thompson Jr., who's number fifty five on the ESPN list, committed to their fathers who are head coach Wayne Tickle and assistant coach Stephen Thompson of Oregon State, on Tuesday. Now, also, point guard Derek Bruce, who reclassified to the 2015 class, also committed on Tuesday. And that timing couldn't have been better for the Beavers program. With those three players, plus a fourth who had already committed, the Beavers are looking like a top 10 recruiting class. Yes. Really? Can, can I – I don't mean to sound stupid here, <clears throat> but – 
are there exceptions in the NCAA rules for contact with a player when he happens to be your son of the, the son of the coach? Yeah, obviously they have to let, you know, there's only so much you can do. Um, I think that goes for any sport because you have football players that play for their dads too, or any other thing. So, yeah. It's like, dude, he bought me dinner. Yeah. <laughs> obviously, obviously those things are, are a little bit of a different thing. So, but, okay. Uh, I didn't know. If no, it, it automatically there. boosted. Um, uh, well, see that gives the players, the beeves three players who will help immediately next season. And more importantly, help make the program competitive again and build it back into a winner. Among the Pac-12, now the trio joins center Drew Eubanks, who's the top-ranked 2015 player in Oregon, in the state of Oregon, who committed last mm-hmm. month, giving this group four positions with promising talent. So if they can That's go out fantastic. and get one more guy, you know they're going to be like this. This season is going to be tough, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a break-in yeah, season. But, it's a building year. Yeah, totally. But next year they're looking good for next year. I mean, are they going to go out and win everything? Yeah, I don't know, but. You're gonna have it's competitive field, but we we, yeah no, like I said it's uh, it'll be it'll be it'll be looking good. So now I, I know a lot of people think that uh, that uh, the two kids Tinkle and Thompson um, automatically would come play for their dads, but they hadn't even decided on it yet. They had a lot of scholarship offers from a lot of different programs, and I guess yeah. the two had actually never met and met at a basketball camp over the summer. And really hit it off, became fast friends, really loved playing with each other. And after a few weeks of playing together, they said, you know what? We need to uh, keep this thing going. We should go play for our dads because this could be a lot of fun. Looking forward to seeing them together. It works yeah, out. I hope so too. Anyway, it should be a good year. It should be a more fun year to watch than the last, what, four, five, six, <sighs> seven? At least six. Well, you know. Robinson had his first season was exciting to watch because here he took a bunch of guys that won zero games in the Pac-12 the year before and made him competitive mm-hmm. and, you know, yeah. and, and played well. All right, Beach. Uh, the last thing we have to talk about is a little bit of football news. Okay. So the today the Pac-12 announced that the kickoff time for the next home game, which is September 20th against San Diego State, is set for 7.30 p.m. and will be shown on Fox Sports 1. That means we have an 11 hour and 30 minute tailgate. It will be a long one. It's going to be awesome. awesome. So, so yeah, we'll have to uh, start finalizing our menu here soon and okay. uh, talk about that and, and see how we're going to go. So, I think, I think we're going to need a few more breakfast Not burritos. Probably. Yeah. All right, Beach. Yes. Is, is that the teletype here behind you? <laughs> By golly, Billy, it is. Hold on, I had to carry this dang thing all with me to Harney County. Hold on. All right, here we go. This just in. Former Oregon Ducks tight end Colt Lairla was arrested in Washington County at 2 a.m. Saturday on suspicion of driving under the influence of intoxicants, according to the sheriff's office. Lairla, who was arrested almost a year ago in Eugene for cocaine possession, was released at 8.37 a.m. Saturday. Sergeant Vance Stimler said the report on his arrest is not yet available, but that Lairla is suspected of being high on either illegal drugs or prescription medications when he was pulled over. Now, I have a little bit more to add to this one. Um, According to John uh, Canzano, 
a little more than two hours before his arrest at 11.44 p.m., Layerla was busy trying to cut a deal for a tell-all interview with me. This is Canzano speaking. Layerla indicated via text message to Noah Holmesley, my radio producer on 7.50 a.m. The Game, that he was willing to talk to me for the right price. After speaking with my agent, Layerla texted, if you guys want to pay me to have me on the show, then we will do it. Um, the former Oregon tight end asked for $5,000. Humsley told Layerla we don't pay for interviews and asked Layerla if uh, SB Nation had paid a fee to him for the interview in which Layerla claimed a uh, Mystery Ducks booster had promised him a house and a car for committing to Oregon out of Hillsborough High School. Layerla shot back, can't discuss other business, but I apologize. I meant 10K, but I'll split the difference at 7, 7, uh, 7,500. Uh, and this is Kanzano talking again. By this time, I was also texting with Holmesley, telling him to ask Layerla why it was that, uh, why is it that he wants to burn down the House of Oregon? Also to ask uh, if Chip Kelly had stayed in Eugene, if anything might have been different for the troubled tight end, knowing that we know about Layerla's troubled uh, upbringing and the uh, enabling that occurred along the way. I'm not sure that there was uh, any other way Lyra to turn his story around other than to eventually uh, hit rock bottom. Anyway, um, Lyra 21 left the University of Oregon in October of 2013 to pursue the NFL, but was not drafted in the 2014 draft. So Lyra joined the Green Bay Packers as a free agent, uh, then injured ligaments his left knee August 2nd. He was recently given an injury settlement by the Packers. I think they gave him like $147,000 for his injury. Really? And cut him from the that sounds about right. Team. Did you hear that? Yeah, that sounds about right. It's going to be a chunk of change. So, anyway, no no real, I mean, no, nothing really dirty and scammy about this. But, you know, just this is sad because there's a, th- this kid came from Hill, Hillsborough High School, was a talented athlete. Oh, yeah, he was a freak. Um, you know, it's funny because he mocked Oregon State when Oregon State was attempting to recruit him. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he uh, that was the game that we lost to Sacramento State mm-hmm. that they invited him to come mm-hmm. and he had nothing but negative things to say about Oregon State after the after that show. And I mean, I don't care who you are, I don't care what you are. You are grateful to your host whether you have intentions of of joining their organization or not. You thank them for their efforts in recruiting you and the opportunity to play with them and then you ultimately make the decision that's best for you. Mm-hmm. But he he knocked Oregon State. He goes to Oregon, essentially was a p- very poor uh, role model there. Mm-hmm. Made very bad decisions and is continuing to make bad decisions if he's getting arrested in the morning for some type of drug use. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and and who's to say? And you know, on top of this, bad enough this guy does this kind of crap. On top of that, how many people did he endanger their lives because he's out driving down the road high? Oh yeah. You know. Anyways, okay. yeah, Beach. So yeah, it's he easily could have gotten a jackass of the week award out of this. Oh totally. You know, I actually I, I, when I read when I heard this on the. The news this morning uh-huh. i thought boy we just got our jackass of the week and then realized that we had somebody else but but uh, ultimately yeah just just what a what a waste yeah. of a talented individual yeah. just and, through poor decision making and it kind of figures that he would go for the 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 flash over the substance and go down to eugene mm-hmm. you know? yeah oh yeah true you know and because to me that's what eugene is that's what that's what that university is. It's lots of lots of flash, lots of glitz, but really nothing, no substance behind it. Um, 
that was uh, last year with the uh, last year with the uh, the gang rape case out with the basketball yeah, players. That, that's what it was. That what it was. You know, it's yeah. it's it, it's. And today, just today, Beach KTU did a big uh, investigative report about that whole incident and how you know the university said they were asked by the police to not say anything and to play the players so mm-hmm. that the investigation keep going and the cops are saying we never said that and it just so happens that the way everything was released it benefited them and their APR which is how well their players are staying in school and graduating because mm-hmm. by keeping them on the team for the length of time they did and keeping them in school to finish things they weren't nicked for it like they could have been. Okay. So, yeah. It was just, it just came out this evening. I was reading so, it before we uh, started recording. I mean, ultimately, and we, we all said that, you know, ultimately those those kids got a uh, – I don't think they got a fair shake. But uh, anyway, it's, it's just a machine. Yeah, it is. It is. And that's why I tell people I don't hate the University of Oregon. I hate the University of Oregon Athletic Department. Yeah. It's, it's athletic department run amok. Mm-hmm. It's it's run for the benefit of the athletic department, not for the benefit of the university or the students. Yeah, I mean it's it's really for a lot of it. It's run for the benefit of Phil Knight. Mm-hmm. He he runs that athletic department like it's his own professional sports franchise, mm-hmm. and it's disgusting. It's disgusting how much money they throw at stuff and how they're well. We'll kind of get to that yeah, when we get to our later section. Yeah, we're beating this one up a little too much. So. All right. On to right, the beach. Next. Where, where are we at? All right, Beach. Uh, you ready to go under further review for week two in the Pac-12? Yes, let's make this happen. After further review, the runner did cross the line. The Touchdown! All right, Beach. So I have got our list of picks here um, for last week, and uh, beginning at the end okay. of last week, um, you were in the lead at ten out of twelve, and Kyle and each and Kyle and I each had nine out of twelve. Okay. Okay. And so I've got all three of our picks here, and we will go through these games. The first game from last week, Beach, was on Thursday, September 4th, Arizona at the University of Texas, San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Okay. And in that game, we all picked Arizona, which is good because Arizona did win the game, although it was close. I don't remember the final score because I didn't write it down. Horrible me. But it was mm-hmm. like 26 to 23, I think. Okay. Um, Arizona held on to beat uh, Texas San Antonio, but San Antonio gave them a run for it. They were right in there up until the end. So, did you watch that game at all? No, I did not. Okay. I work I work a lot. I understand. I understand. <laughs> all right, so we all got that one. Now, Beezer was one game on Friday the 5th, Washington State at Nevada. You remember who you took? Uh, I think I took, did I take Nevada on this one? You did. So did Kyle. I screwed up and took Wazoo. Now, Colin Holiday for uh, Wazoo passed for 380 yards, uh, 389 yards, but only one TDM was intercepted twice for the Cougars losing to the Wolfpack 13-24. Now, in two games, Halliday has completed 78 of 113 passes for 921 yards, but they have zero wins. I think, uh, I think, I don't know. I don't think Leach might be coaching there after the end of this season. They've invested too much money into him to boot him. It's my opinion. Hmm. But I think he's a piece of crap. It's not like he's related to the president. (laughs) Nice. Let's move on, Beach, to all the games on Saturday. First up, Fresno State at Utah. Do you remember who you took? I think I 
took Fresno State, did I not? Yes, you did. Now, uh, Utah's quarterback Travis Wilson threw for a career-high five touchdowns, completing 11 of 20 passes for 181 yards and left the game early in the third quarter with Utah ahead 38-7. Utah went on to win it 59-27. to Wow. Yeah. So he completed 11 of 20 passes for 181 yards, Beach. <laughs> 11 passes for 181 yards. It's a pretty good average. Yeah, he's averaging what, like 17 yards a pass? Mm-hmm. And, when he connects. And, and almost 50% of his passes were TDs. <laughs> so that's just crazy. All right, so uh, you missed that one. Next up was Colorado, Sac State. Oh, sorry, excuse me. Colorado at the University of Massachusetts. I think we took Colorado. I took Colorado on yep. this one. Did I All not? three of us took Colorado. Now, okay. now quarterback Cepho Lefau, I think it's Lefau, threw for 381 yards and three TDs as Colorado overcame an 11-point third-quarter deficit to beat the University of Massachusetts 41-38. to 38. Sounds like a fun game to watch. Yeah, so they all picked up. There was a great uh, one-handed touchdown grab by the uh, Massachusetts tight end. It was just excellent. Great grab if you have a chance to see it. So, yeah. All right, we all got that one. Next up, Beach, Sac State at Cal. Do you remember who you took? I think I took Cal on this one. Oh, no, no, I took Sac State. I took you, Sac State. You, you took Sac State. Yeah. Uh, Cal quarterback Jared Goff matched his career high of four TD passes and backup Luke Rebenezer threw for one and ran for another as California beat Sac State 55-14. to 14. Boy, do I have egg on my face. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Did not look good. All right, Beach. One of the most interesting games of the day, Eastern Washington at Washington. Do you remember who you took? Um, did I take Eastern Washington on no, this No, you took UW. Kyle and I each took Eastern Washington. Okay. Now, Washington quarterback Siler Miles ran for three TDs rushing and threw for another in his season debut at quarterback, and Washington withstood seven touchdown passes from Eastern Washington quarterback Vernon Adams Jr. in a wild 59-52 to win. Well, that Eastern Washington team's a good team. They can score some points. They can score, and that game, uh, Eastern Washington was ahead for a bit, but then turned the ball over a couple times late. Now, now, hold on. And they had their number one quarterback back in, too, didn't they? The same guy that beat, uh, oh, Washington? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He didn't play against Hawaii two weeks ago, but he did last week Okay. against Eastern Washington. So Good thing they had him. Yep. You, so you picked up one there, Beach. Okay. Okay, next up, number 14, USC at Stanford. I think I took Stanford on this one because I thought they would do better at home. The three of us took Stanford across the board. And USC kicker Andre Hideri kicked a career-long 53-yard field goal with 2.30 remaining. And J.R. Tavai forced a fumble to end the Cardinals' comeback bid. And the 14th-ranked Trojans upended number 13 Stanford in dramatic fashion again for the second year in a row, 13-10. The, uh, the coach of uh, Stanford just looked dejected in the, in the after-game conference. Oh, yeah. He, he totally did. And you know what? Watching that... Um, really makes you wonder how good Stanford's going to be because they don't have much of a rushing game. You know, they went for the last few years, they started out with uh, Toby Gerhardt, who was a Heisman finalist running back for mm-hmm. them. And then the last couple of years, they've had Tyler Gaffney, who mm-hmm. is really the one that beat up on the Beavs the last couple of years. He was just a monster, wasn't he? he yeah, both years. Um, he Two years ago, well, in 20... 12, he was the one that caught a pass late and ran it in for a touchdown when it looked like everyone was stuffed and the Beavs were going to win the game. He was the one that, mm-hmm. that – and then last year he just pounded the Beavs. 
we couldn't bring we couldn't bring him down. No, could not. And it was a good game, close fight game, but I mean that was really the difference. So okay. they don't seem to have that stud running back this year. So we all lost that one across the board. All right, next up, Beach. Um, Michigan State at Oregon. I think I took Michigan State on this one, did I not? Yep. You and I both took Michigan State. If, Kyle, if we Kyle went with the Fighting Ducks. Now, trailing Michigan State 27-18 in the third quarter and facing a third and 10, Oregon quarterback Marcus Mariota found himself confronting a decision while on the run. Either pitch the ball to freshman Royce Freeman or try a keeper. Now, Mariota, who is adept with his feet as he is with his arm, decided on the flip to Freeman for the first down, and the number three Ducks would go on to score the first of four unanswered TDs for a 46-27 to win. You, you know, Michigan State put on such a good defensive effort in that first half. Oh, yeah. And I really – and going in – into the going into halftime, I really thought they had the momentum and the energy to continue. And I don't know, you know, a guy that is a Duck fan that I know of, he told me that he felt it was lack of conditioning that Michigan State just lost their mojo as the as the game progressed. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if Oregon did some adjustments that that were subtle that ultimately was allowing their offense to function better around Michigan State's defense. I don't think so, but. By God, I mean, you know, it's just so frustrating to see. I don't think so. It, it wasn't conditioning. And the Ducks like to say that. The problem is so many teams run those hurry-up offenses anymore. Right. I don't I don't buy that anymore. To but, me, it, to me, what was the difference was Michigan State had a couple of defensive breakdowns. I mean, one of Oregon's uh, touchdowns uh, passes, well, two of them, where the guy was wide open, there was a blown coverage somewhere. Was there was there pick plays going on there too? Um, I I didn't know. I was actually at that game. Jess and I went to the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I was anxious to see your picture on the big fisheye picture that they were going to. I put know. Out. I can't. I can't wait and see. Yeah, because I was in my beaver orange. Um, didn't okay, get... you're gonna post that on. Are you gonna post that onto the Facebook page? Yeah, we'll post it when when we get it. Okay. Um, yeah. It was it was funny because. Uh, you know, I think Jess was a little worried that I might get beat up. I wasn't. Most people were pretty cool. Um, a mm-hmm. few people, I got a few people's comments of oh you kind of lost or something um and i was like you know no i'm just here to watch a good football game man that's why i'm dude, here dude it, I was, tell you. It, it was funny because some of the michigan state fans would look at me and go go bees and i'd go go spartans <laughs> <laughs> awesome you know i go um i was trying to find a bar where i could watch the beaver game because i don't have uh uh that channel uh-huh. and I, I went to a, a bar uh not too far from here. Mm-hmm. And I walk in the door looking for one that had TVs. I walk in the door, realize this one did not have enough TVs. And I turn it out and go walk in this guy. And I'm wearing my Oregon state stuff. And this guy looks at me and goes like, like something to the fact of Oregon state. Really? And, and it was just, I, I mean, I must, you know, I, I you know, I have a sharp tongue as you're well aware. Oh yes. And I, and I also have eyes that can cut people. And I just looked at him mm-hmm. like you dumb, effing effer right uh-huh. and i must have gave him a glare because he looks at me and goes dude I'm, I'm just i'm just kidding i'm like shut the hell up yeah. you know i don't give you crap i don't say a damn thing to a duck to his face yeah. i don't even say it behind his back i say it on our podcast but yeah. we're, we're we're catering to a different audience yeah. but but anyway what the hell gives them the right to knock you down you know if you want to really get into let let's go jackass let's go you want to talk dirt let's talk dirt yeah We'll see who's got more dirt. Yeah. yeah. If if you want to play a game of assholes, trust me, I don't lose. (laughs) 
<laughs> all right, Beach. Anyway, all right. So there's my... Kyle picked up the win there. It's just funny how that game went from being 28 to 17 to 46 to 28 in like oh. no time flat. Oh, golly. You know, then I will say that one duck had a beautiful catch. Oh, yeah. Um, that one that he caught, you know, behind. Oh, yeah. That yeah, was beautiful. Yeah, because off that tip and he went diving. Yeah, off the that, tip. It was off that, the tip. That guy's a stud. That that cornerback is tough. I don't think I saw Michigan State throw at him once all day long. <laughs> I got, he's that good. They were just, don't, don't even get something close to him. Yeah, pretty much. All right, Beach. So moving on, we're going to move on to the um, Arizona, number 17, Arizona State at New Mexico game. Do you remember okay. who you took? Um, on this one here, I would have taken Arizona State. All three of us did. And uh, Arizona State running back DJ Foster had a career-high 216 yards rushing. And Taylor Kelly added 84 yards rushing uh, at the quarterback spot in beating the Lobos 58-23. to That being said, they did have a little tougher time than I would have expected with, with New Mexico. Hmm. Yeah. So Arizona State picked that one up. KB, next up, Memphis at number 11, UCLA. And I think we all picked UCLA. Yes, we did. Um, Brett Hundley passed for 396 yards and three touchdowns, and Paul Perkins rushed for two scores as UCLA survived a fourth-quarter scare for a 42-35 to victory over Memphis. So the, the, the week before, the defense looked unstoppable, and this week the defense looked kind of uh, average at best. Wow. Yeah. So they're kind of all over the board. Okay, but we all took home points for that one. Yes, we did. And last up, and definitely not least, Oregon State was at Hawaii. Got a little fun in the sun over there. Yep, and all of us took the beeves. And, of course, Sean Mannion threw for 300 yards and three TDs Saturday night as Oregon State beat Hawaii 38-30. Mannion completed 26 of 37 passes as the beeve racked up 464 yards of total offense against the Rainbow Warriors. Now, wide receiver Victor Bolden caught 11 passes for 119 yards, including a six-yard touchdown reception early in the second half that marked his first receiving touchdown of his career. Now, Teron Ward rushed for 124 yards and scored on runs of 32 and 2 yards in the first half. Now, Oregon State built a 38-7 lead by the 10-56 mark in the third quarter, but Hawaii scored the final 23 points of the game, including 16 points in a four-minute stretch early in the fourth quarter to make the final margin of 38-30. So the Beavs, they had a lot of crap go wrong. They had a pump blocked deep in their own territory. Um, that Hawaii ended up taking and going down and scoring on eventually. Then on the ensuing kickoff, fumbled the kickoff that Hawaii scored, that Hawaii recovered, and would eventually go on and score on. This just seems to be a beaver theme on some of our games, Mm -hmm. where we get really, really solid first half or first three quarters, and then we can just drop so much crap in the fourth. And it's always a a struggle to win the game. I mean, we've had a couple home games like that. Oh, no, I agree. I agree. And, (laughs) you know, I sat there and and, and watched it, and, you know, I I was getting frustrated because it's like, come on, guys. Part of it, and and this, uh, some people kind of looked at me like I was crazy, but, you know, so many people say they want balance in their offense. And Riley says he wants balance. They had 37 passes to 36 rushes in that game. Pretty damn balanced, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, very much so. But my thing is, after they got that lead, they started trying to run the ball more, which is fine. They were breaking off big ones here or there, but they were destroying them with the pass. I mean, Mannion was eating their lunch. And I think if they would have kept the foot on the gas a little bit with the pass, mm-hmm. got some first downs, I think things would have been different. So, you know, a lot of people, there was there some letdown 
um, by the team? I think, yeah, a little bit. They didn't have that killer instinct when they needed it. But I think part of that, too, is on the coaches to keep the foot on the gas. Yeah. Now, the one big positive out of the game was the Beavs were 5-for-5 in the red zone on Saturday, including four touchdowns. Better than week one against Portland State. Big improvement. Mm -hmm. All right, Beach, uh, ready to look at the Pac-12 in the polls? Yes, let's talk about that, Billy. I was just going to suggest it. Okay, Beach. Um, first up is the AP poll. Oregon moved up to number two. UCL, uh, excuse and, me, US. Well, that, and oh. and I'd, I'd just like to say, if anybody is a number two, Oregon is a number two. This is true. Okay. All right, Beach. Uh, USC is at number nine. Okay. UCLA moved up to number tw or moved down to number twelve. Stanford fell to fifteen. Arizona State moved up to sixteen. And coming in with just one single vote in the others receiving votes category, Arizona. Nice. Yeah. Now in the in the uh, USA Today poll, <laughs> and they barely and they barely won. Yeah. In the yeah. USA Today poll, Oregon uh, is at number four. USC is at ten. UCLA is at twelve. Arizona State at 14, Stanford at 16, and in the others receiving votes category, Arizona has seven votes, and just behind them, Oregon State with six votes. Hey, we're getting votes. Getting votes. So we'll see if we actually, if they pick up any votes um, this week when they don't play. <laughs> so every once in a while that happens. I love a, I, I love a good bye week. All right, no Beach. Stress. All right, Beach. Uh, now it's time for one of your favorite segments of the show. The Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> jackass of the Week Award. Now, every week we like to discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. Now, Beach, I don't know if you've heard about this one, but this one occurred during the Stanford-USC game on Saturday. Now, there was an interesting development that happened just prior to halftime. Have you heard about this? I, I did not. I took a quick peek at the notes here, uh -huh. and I was dumbfounded by this one. So go on. Okay, Beach. So just before halftime, the Trojans should be, had just been hit with 35 yards and penalties on three straight play, plays. With Coach Steve Sarkeesian getting whistled for unsportsmanlike conduct and star linebacker Hayes Pollard getting ejected for targeting the head of Stanford's Ty Montgomery on a punt return. Now, Sarkeesian then had a text sent to USC Athletic Director Pat Hayden, who was in the press box at the time, and Sarkeesian asked him to come down to the sideline, so Hayden jogged down onto the field. Now, Hayden then had a heated confrontation with game officials as they headed in at halftime. That, and that's not okay at all in any, so, any level, is it? Uh, well... For an AD to, to jump in it's, and an official, especially during the game? To me, it's one thing if the coaches want to rip into the officials, which is, hey, that's their prerogative. Although mm -hmm. I don't think the officials should take some of the crap they take. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's a little different thing when the AD comes out and do it. Now, during the game, after in the second half, um, Hayden told a sideline reporter that Sarkeesian felt the penalty against him was unfair. Now, after the game, Sarkeesian called the call against him um, – had been correct for leaving the coaching area, although he didn't understand why the official has, had interpreted an elastic rule quite so literally. So the coaches have a coaching box they have to stay in on the sideline, and he was flagged for coming out of that, which is an unsportsmanlike conduct call. Yeah, um, It doesn't happen often, 
Um, you have some coaches that are constantly out of it. I'm not sure about Sarkeesian. I've never watched him, but I have seen many coaches who are regularly outside that box. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it has to do with how the coach reacts, though, too. Truly, truly. Or acts or reacts, I guess. Yeah. True. Now, uh, yesterday, Hayden apologized to Pac-12 Commissioner Larry Scott and the officials and Stanford fans, saying, for any distraction I might have caused, I'm truly sorry. Now, Sarkeesian wished he hadn't put Hayden in a potentially embarrassing situation, saying, quote, it's my job to manage the game. Pat's job is not to manage the game and manage the officials. That's my job to do. Now, Hayden vowed to stay off the sideline at this Saturday's road game, a road game at Boston College and USC's home game against Oregon State on September 27th. Now, the interesting thing here, Hayden is a member of the College Football Playoff Selection Committee, which chooses and seeds the teams that will play for the national championship. He is one of five active athletic directors on the ostensibly impartial 13-member committee. That just seems odd that you would have an athletic director from a particular university on a 13-member... You have five. You have five, five athletic, active athletic directors on that committee. Are they from each conference? Uh, they're from different universities. Yes. Okay. Cause we already talked that Condoleezza Rice is also on there and she's yep. a Stanford grad. Correct. And, yeah, and a not, Notre Dame grad. Oh, okay. But she's not directly related, uh, not directly involved with any of the universities or is she no. on a, yeah, no, just but a grad. It's just one of those things, you know, if he's <laughs> okay. First of all, what the hell, Sarkeesian, are you doing texting daddy up in the... That, that's kind of what I thought. The whole thing is like, daddy, I'm getting... I'm getting, getting picked under- on and yeah, I don't yeah. like it. Now, I have to say, Beej, I was talking to some people just today, and I have seen this with some of, I want to say this generation, these kids. Um, I've seen it with some of my past employees where mm-hmm. their parents have called up and said, well, so-and-so is having a really tough time right now. Can you make sure to take it easy on them? And I, I want to say, well... They need to grow a pair. Mm-hmm. Life is tough. We all have to go through it. This is work. Yeah, this you know? is work. If they have personal problems going on, they leave them at home. Yeah, this and, is and, work. I'm and paying then, them a job, and they do that job for those hours I'm paying them And for. that's not always what's going to happen, and you and I know that. Mm. But still, to have you know, mommy that's or the, daddy call, mm-hmm. it, you know, they talk about helicopter parents, parents that are always hovering over their kids, making sure nothing happens to them. Mm-hmm. What the hell, you know? Grown up a bunch of pansies. Exactly. And this is just even more exemplifies that. Sarkeesian called upstairs to get the AD to come down and yell at people. Mm-hmm. Now, you get the AD involved later after the game. If you yeah, think it, things have been wrong, then the AD can get involved. Then, then, he, then he would write a letter to the Pac-12 official stating, hey, we feel that there was some some missed, missed opportunities or, here. Or misapplied rules or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, and then you, you, and you do, do it, it in the middle of the game. And then Hayden coming down and doing it. Pretty piss poor. I'm surprised Hayden actually would do it. Now, actually, Hayden pretty pretty poor decision making on his. Hayden today was fined twenty five thousand dollars by the Pac-12, which I find interesting because you don't see people get fined that often. By you see it in the NFL, but not usually in college football. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know what. what, I wonder what an AD director makes. I don't know. Uh, Probably pretty good. USC is a private school, so I'm sure he's not hurting for money. So maybe maybe a million, million and a half. I don't know, Mm. but anyways, I just I, I find it really interesting. So. Okay, so finish it up, Billy. How so, do we end Beach, we're going to give this week's awards to uh, both to Steve Sarkeesian and to Pat Hayden. You guys earned this week's. <laughs> Jackass of the Week Awards. All right, Beach. Uh, now it's time for part of the show where we'd like to do our musical interlude. 
This year, we've decided to go with a little ACDC, and we're going to go with uh, ACDC albums in chronological order. So today, the third album in the ACDC lineup... Internationally internationally released. Well, just the, the, the international release. There's a couple that were just released in Australia, mm-hmm. but we're just going to say the, the, the big release. Mm-hmm. Studio album is the album Let There Be Rock. And, and we're going to pick uh, the title song off of that album. Let There Be Rock. Hey, and I got a couple interesting facts on this one, Billy. Okay, go ahead. Okay, we're going to bring it back to Merkins. Oh, God. <laughs> well, you know, you got to bring it back a little bit. So bring it back to Merkins from our uh, podcast two weeks ago. Bon Scott must have had similar issues uh, involving Merkin wearers back in uh, the 70s. Because a few songs he wrote, as, as you're aware, one would be uh, Big Balls, mm-hmm. where he references crabs. Yep. So what people don't realize is um, ACDC's um, on Let There Be Rock's Australian release, there was a song that did not make it to the U.S. or Japan, and it was called Crabsody in Blue. Have you ever, <laughs> really? have you ever heard this? Yeah, have you ever heard this song? I've never heard this. Okay, so it's called Crabsody in Blue, and uh, they released it. In Australia and everywhere else, but Japan and the U.S. refused. It said here that Atlantic Records removed the racy song, uh, and it was replaced with a shortened version of Problem Child from the Australian version of the Dirty Deeds Dunder Cheap album from '76. Really? Uh, Crabsody re- uh, in Blue was later released on the box set of Backtracks, which was released in 2009. And all international CD releases contain the modified track listing. Uh, and also, this is also one final bit. The international version's cover uh, also marked the debut of the band's logo, designed by Gerard Huerta. And, and the photograph used for that cover was taken on the 19th of March in 1977 at the Carsal Ballroom in Southland, uh, Essex, in the UK. Oh, cool. But anyway, yeah, you should. Uh, I, I actually pulled up the lyrics on this Crab City in Blue. Mm hmm. Just because, well, I played it because it was on, uh, you can find it on YouTube if you're interested. Cool. But uh, it says, you'd have to get the beat, but it's like, well, they moved on. Uh, what is it? They, well, they moved on down and they crawled around, walking sideways, sideway walking, give me the blues. And then he says, and when you start to scratch, when they start to hatch, walking sideways. <laughs> Sideways walking, give me the blues. And the greatest line in this song is towards the end. He says, and when they start to itch, you go out and you take a bitch for an appointment. Wow. <laughs> you, you rub it in, or you rub it on, and you rub it in. <laughs> Stops them walking, sideways walking, give them the blues. <laughs> Just... That's brutal. Anyway, I highly recommend you listen to it. It's a great song. Right on. But and this we'll we'll leave this one though with Let There Be Rock.
That was Let There Be Rock. That is my one of my favorite 
ACDC songs ever and my favorite ACDC song in concert. I could see that. You know, it's it. I, I yeah, it's a great song. It's just awesome. I just yeah. love how it kind of holds up there, and and they kind of have the white spotlights on Angus when he's kind of going and they're da 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 and it goes to red and everyone just starts rocking out. Hmm. Just great song, great song. Have a chance to see ACDC in concert. I highly recommend it. Oh, totally. And they're supposedly going to be releasing a new album and hopefully going on tour here soon. So. You know, we should, Billy, you and I should make a date for that one. We will. We will, definitely. Awesome. Okay. All right, Beach. So let's move on to week three in the Pac-12. Um, I will start writing down our picks for this week. Um, just to update, after week two, I am in third place at 16 out of 23. You and Kyle are tied at 17 out of 23. Okay. Okay. So, Beach, um, all the games are going to be this Saturday, uh, the 13th, starting with the first game, Wyoming at number two, Oregon. Who you got? Well, I think Oregon is still a number two, uh, and I think they're going to beat Wyoming. Um, I agree. I'm taking the Ducks. Now, Kyle says Wyoming at the University of Eugene. In a battle of ugly uniforms, Ducks win. Better luck next time to the boys in the mud and mustard. That is going to be a god-awful game if you want to watch it on TV. Because who the hell knows what the Ducks are going to wear. And Wyoming has some of the ugliest colors with that brown and yellow. Really? Oh, yeah. It's just it's going to be god-awful ugly. Too bad they don't still sell black and white TVs. I like how Kyle called it the mud and mustard because that's what it is. All right, Beach. So next up, Illinois at University of Washington. Uh, I'm I'm picking the Huskies on this one. Okay, I'm also picking the Huskies, and so is Kyle saying Illinois lose the Illini lose to the Huskies. So, all right, next up, Beach Army at number fifteen Stanford. Does Army ever win any games? Yeah. Okay, um, picking Stanford. I too am picking Stanford. Kyle says Mule versus Cardinal. Cardinal wins, so he is taking Stanford. Okay, Beach. Next up. Portland State at Washington State. I'm taking Portland State. Really? Yeah. Kyle says Wazoo gets their first win. I'm going to go with Kyle and take Washington State. I think uh, there's just going to be too much to the air for Portland State to, to hold with them. Uh, you know, I'm yeah, I'm I'm thinking at this point in time, I think. I don't know. I think Wazoo might quit playing. Yeah, could be. All right, Beach, next up, number 12, UCLA at Texas. Hmm. I'm going to take Texas. Okay. Kyle says, Texans looking to prove something after their loss to BYU. Instead, losing again, he's taking UCLA. I, too, am taking UCLA. Next up, we got three games left here, Beach. Number okay. nine, USC at Boston College. I think the mighty men of Troy will win that one. Kyle says USC wins easily. I, too, will take USC. Next up, number 16, Arizona State at Colorado. Pac-12 game. Oh, I think Arizona State's going to just have their way with Colorado. Uh, Kyle says ASU for the win. I'm agreeing. I'm taking Arizona State. And last but not least, Beach, Nevada at Arizona. How is Nevada? They just beat Wazoo. I'm 
taking Nevada. Kyle says Arizona wins. I, too, am taking Nevada. I think uh, Nevada's going to come out and take two against Pac-12 schools. Yeah, yeah, and Arizona didn't look very strong last week. So, All right, Beach, cool. We have that down for this week. Okay. All right. So I got a couple. So so now we're up to our Tanner Boyle makes me want to puke play of the week. Does that booger eat and spaz make me want to puke? That's right, Beach. So uh, when we run this uh, segment, we look at something that just really makes us kind of want to vomit. <laughs> so this week um, is going to be dedicated to Ray Rice. Uh, plays football for the Baltimore Ravens, I believe it is. Well, actually, he did play football for the Baltimore Ravens up until today when the Ravens cut him and he was banned from the NFL. Yeah. You know, it's funny. You think that guy's decision, whatever, a couple nights ago that this happened. Well, no, it was back in the spring. Oh, is that when that happened? Yes. Think of what what he did in the min, in, in a matter of five minutes. He threw away millions of dollars, any career, probably his marriage. No, they got married. They still got married. Yeah. Wow. She was his fiance at the time. Go, well, go ahead and tell you what, what okay. happened. Well, anyway, but uh, so anyway, the the video footage that was was released was the fact that he and his fiance at the time go into an elevator. They must have been having an altercation up to that point, yes, you know, just an argument. Yes. And uh, something happened, and he punched her. Well, it, it, had, looked, it had been physical between both of them both ways. Yeah. Well, he he, he he punched her. She came back at him, and you're seeing this through the the camera in the elevator and then he just cold cocks her and takes and she falls to the ground and is literally out i mean unconscious not moving yeah and so you see the elevator go up he puts his arms underneath her her arms lifts her up drags her out of the elevator kind of lays her on the ground and she's still not moving and then he's trying to get her legs out of the way from the door. If you guys have YouTube, you can Google this pretty easy. There's multiple links to it. But uh, then he kind of takes his foot and trying to, I don't want to say kicks her, but, you know, not not very gentlemanly, you know, uh, tries to move her legs out of the way of the door so the door will shut. And then you see another gentleman kind of come up and look. And then she finally starts to come too. But she was out for a, a bit. Yeah. Uh, to the point that I would have, I mean – punched her or not be, being the the guilty party or not i would have probably called the 911 yeah you know it would that it, i mean it was scary to me and he didn't seem to show any sense of of urgency i guess i don't know mm-hmm. but i guess uh i guess the moment when two fools meet the 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 idiot guy who's willing to hit a girl and the stupid girl dumb enough to stay in a relationship where a guy's physical like that yeah unbelievable yeah it was it was pretty scary to watch I cannot believe that anybody would stay in a relationship like that. Yeah. Well, but I, I guess you get what you get. And yeah. if that's the type of lifestyle that she wants and she's willing to sacrifice her physical health for it, go for it. Well, let's hope it was a one-time thing. Let's hope he's learned his lesson. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I don't believe in hitting people. 
No. Well, you know, and I have no, I was telling dad this today. I said, you know, I have no problem when a guy restrains a girl. So if a girl is going to attack him and he holds her arms or her hands down to prevent mm-hmm. him because he shouldn't have to get hit. I agree. But, but I mean, you don't just sit there and take it. You, you should be able to have the right to restrain, but outside of restraint, I would never, you know, you don't get physical at all with females. You just don't. No, I agree. You know? Um, I mean, like I said, you don't have to take hits or scratches or any of that kind of crap, but you never put a, either an open hand or a fist at any female. I agree. So, yeah. I agree. Anyway, yep. it just makes me sick. Yep. So that gets this week's Tanner Boyle makes me want to puke play of the week. All right, but it's just sad. Yeah. It's disgusting and sad. So most of the time we, we, we like, uh, we, we pull that out, uh, the the Tanner Boyle. Now, for those who don't know, Tanner Boyle was the uh, was the one of the characters from the original um, Bad News Bears. So, and we like to pull that segment out just when there's some kind of nasty injury. That usually I'll I'll send you the link and I'll make you watch it as we're recording, just to get your uh, your reaction to it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so you, you'd seen this and you wanted to put, throw it in there, and I have no problem doing that. Yeah, because so. it almost could have fallen. He almost could have fell into the jackass of the week if we didn't have one really associated with the sport. Because this was extracurricular, I guess, as if you'd call it. Yeah. So it's, still, it's disgusting. So. Yeah. All right, Beach. Good one. Good one. Way to bring one to the table. I tried. I, I feel I'm bringing it tonight. You're, you're, you're doing a good job. All so right. um, normally we would talk about the upcoming beaver opponent now, but the beeves have a bye week, so we have no one to talk about. And uh, we have usually done our tailgating 101 section where we've talked about different gadgets, gizmos, or recipes we might want, or top seven lists. Um, but uh, we're going to kind of do that on a rotational basis with this next award that we're going to hand out and Beej, uh, this is one you came up with i did i actually do you, do i need to tell them the story of how i came up with this thing well what is it going to be well we are going to be calling this the and this is actually the 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 we're going to the phrase is coined actually by you uh but we're we're dedicating it to a young lady who uh kind of made it famous i guess yes, yes. um so we are going to call this the rosie ruiz Cheaters and Whores segment. That's right. The Rosie Ruiz Cheaters and Whores. So, uh, Beige, do you want to explain to everyone who's listening who Rosie Ruiz is? I think it surprised you when I knew who that was. Yeah, I was a little shocked that you you knew the name. But anyway, so what we decided to do is if we have space in the podcast, we're going to have a segment dedicated to Cheaters and Whores. So, and so, you know, you kind of got to start it off. Who's going to be our first cheater and whore? And actually, I think who we're picking is who we're actually naming the segment after. Uh, because it was such a blatant effort of being a cheater and a whore. Um, unreal, really, when you think about what she tried to pull off. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so Rosie Ruiz, she was... Uh, a young lady, she was born in Cuba and moved to Miami with her family in 1962. So I'd just like to state she's a communist. <laughs> um, she moved to and, – and people who know me know I'm very anti-communist. Not a fan of any ism, but especially that ism. Um, she moved to New York City in early 1970s and eventually f- 
uh, eventually finding work. And by the way, I'm getting this from Wikipedia, so I got to give credit where credit is due. Uh, finding work with a metal traders uh, commodities firm. And in 1979, she qualified for the New York City Marathon and was credited with a time of two hours, 56 minutes, 29 seconds. The 11th woman overall, enough to qual qualify her for the Boston Marathon. So in order to be qualified for the Boston Marathon, I guess you have to win other marathons. Correct. Or place and, really, really well. Yeah, and so she's never, from according to from what I've read, she's never been in any other marathon previous to the Boston Marathon other than this New York Marathon. Mm -hmm. So anyway, she was invited to or allowed to participate in the Boston Marathon in 1980. So on April 21st, 1980, Ruiz appeared to win the Boston Marathon's female category with a time of two minutes are two hours, 31 minutes, and 56 seconds. Her time would have been the fastest female time in Boston Marathon history, as well as the third fastest female uh, time ever, um, hold on here, uh, ever recorded in any marathon. So she blew everybody away. That's amazing. Amazing for a person who's only ever run one marathon. Um, however, suspicions... Uh, mounted about Ruiz uh, shortly after she won the uh, shortly after she won the uh, contest. They started asking her questions about things that she should have known running the marathon, as far as like areas where she walked through the boroughs. Because I guess there's one area near a college campus where all of the guys cheer on the girls running by, mm -hmm. um, and they they just stuff didn't make sense. And like the one person who was leading the race didn't understand how she lost the race when she was being told, you know, a few miles before that she was in the lead. Um, and then they checked her heart rate. Her heart rate wasn't right. Her, she wasn't sweaty or, or at least sweaty enough for somebody who had been running for over two hours in a marathon, mm -hmm. you know, and her physical form did not match any other racer. And, uh, she was kind of chunky. Yeah, she was. I mean, she wasn't extremely chunky, but, you know, people who run marathons, they have fairly solid legs. They have, and very little body fat. Exactly. So, um, yeah, let's see here. Uh, in, in addition, her time of 2 hours, 31 minutes, 56 seconds was an unusual improvement more than 25 minutes ahead of her reported time in the New York City Marathon six months earlier. When asked by a reporter why she did not seem fatigued after the grueling race, she said, I got up with a lot of energy this morning. I mean, just unreal what <laughs> she did. Uh, some female committers thought it was odd that when asked uh, what she had noticed about the suburbs, you know, she couldn't answer anything. They finally... Uh, they finally uh, uh, admitted, or she finally broke down, I think, after they, they realized she was just, what did she end up doing was she just kind of hopped into the race towards the end. She wrote a cab. And, yeah, she wrote, and when they said she did the same thing in the New York one, too. Mm -hmm. If people came forward because she wrote a subway to the New York one, came in and said she was an injured runner, and they, they, docked, they qualified her time. And then she did this one, takes a cab in, just comes out of nowhere, and finishes the race and claims she's a winner. And uh, so they ended up pulling her uh, her medal away from her. They ended up flying the real winner out uh, a week later. Staged like three thousand uh, fans came out, and they staged a photo of her breaking the ribbon yeah. to to uh, cover their their guffaw here. But just unreal what somebody would do for the attention. Yeah. So, yeah, she was the eighty uh, fourth Boston the eighty fourth Boston Marathon uh, in nineteen eighty. 
and uh, only to have her title stripped after it was discovered that she had not run the entire course. Hell, she didn't even run, run like three quarters of it. Yeah. yeah. So just a, I don't know, just unreal what some people will try to get away with. You know, it's, yeah. Without, without putting in the work, thinking no one else is going to know. Exactly. You know, when things, I, I always quote Judge Judy, when it doesn't make sense, then it isn't true. And so much, you know, when, just like when, in, when when your gut tells you something's wrong, mm-hmm. something's wrong. Yeah. How does how does a, an individual become no one to someone without even training or understanding? Because they even asked her questions, you know, what kind of intervals do you do? What do you do this? And she didn't know what they were asking. Mm-hmm. You know, she just like, oh, I just run. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's no training involved. It's like, you know, how did you become such a star of the Pac-12 uh Pac-12 when you guys couldn't recruit for crap and were a mediocre team for decades and upon decades. Oh, we just got really good overnight. Yeah. Kind of same kind of concept. We built some really cool stuff, so now everybody wants to come here. Exactly. We got hot cheerleaders. Yeah. So, so Beach, she's <laughs> going to be the namesake for our Rosie Ruiz Cheaters and Horrors segment. Yeah, and I think we're going to have a lot of these potential. Potentially. Potentially. Yeah. So. It's amazing how many cheaters and whores have been out there in, in the over just the last couple of decades. Yeah. So we will see what happens, and uh, when something happens that uh, needs to be added to the Cheaters and Horrors Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. we will do that. Maybe that's what we should call it, the Rosie Ruiz Cheaters and Horrors Hall of Fame. There you go. Does that sound good? I think that's great. There you go. I'm typing it in right now. so it'll be It's in official. Order. It's official. Now it's official. All right. Okay. All right, Beach. Cool. All right, and so we're. I, I don't know who might be our first recipient of going in the Hall of Fame. We'll just have to wait and see. Could he have bitched it? Possibly. Hmm. So he might have a friend, Will. Oh yeah, not yeah. Willie, but Will. Will. There we yeah. go. All right, Beach. Um, anything else to add to the show tonight? I got nothing. I thought I did pretty decent tonight, other than our little lag that we had and the solar flares and stuff. Yeah, so I want to thank everyone for listening to show number 46 of Illegal Participation. If you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, or ask a question, there are a few ways to get in touch with us. Voicemail, 541-207-3586. HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter, at HeinrichTailgator. Or remember to check us out on Facebook. I'm still trying to get us up on iTunes. Hopefully, we'll be doing that in the next week. And then uh, once we do that, we'll be on Stitcher and hopefully tune in radio also now remember you can check out heinrichtailgator.com beach billy it was a good one thanks for being here for another show always glad to be here i enjoy it i enjoy our little weekly conversations me too so uh show next week will be number 47 we'll have a lot more fun and frivolity only the illegal participation way We'll talk uh, more Beaver Impact 12 news. We'll recap week three. We'll preview week four. And we'll preview and talk about the San Diego State game and tailgater. And hopefully we will have a winner to the uh, contest from the lost episode. From the lost episode. And hopefully we'll have a uh, game time for the USC game coming up in a few weeks. Because we will be going down to USC. That's going to be awesome. So, And uh, we'll kind of let people know what we're kind of planning. So if anyone wants to hang out with us, they're more than welcome to. Because we are the cool kids. Pretty much. All right. So uh, let's just end the show with a great big Go Beavs.
The Rosie Ruiz Cheaters and Whores Award or, you know, uh, set segment where we would talk about the most, you know, just some cheater and whore from the okay, past. Okay, so do you want to get rid of Cheaters and Whores? And I'll let you explain who Rosie Ruiz is. And that's what it'll be. That's the, the first one will be about Rosie Ruiz here. You know who Rosie Ruiz yes. is? Sweet. I'm impressed, Bill. She's the one that, she's she's one that one cheated of... on the Boston Marathon? Yeah, and you know what? You know what brought me that brought me to the attention. So this is where I came from. So you know, I'm I'm thinking of the Oregon game on Saturday, okay. and I'm thinking, you know, I just don't understand how this team from nowhere, you know, that was never a player for the most part, suddenly comes out of nowhere and starts winning things. And then you think, who else has come out of nowhere and started winning things? Mm -hmm. And the only person who has is Rosie Ruiz, mm -hmm. and why? Because she's a cheater and a mm -hmm. whore. You know, so the question is, how does somebody who has flabby legs and isn't winded, a mm -hmm. winner? Simple fact of the matter is they're cheating. <laughs> something doesn't add up here. What's going on? It, yeah, something doesn't add up. Okay. All right. But <clears throat> I get the, I get the uh, credit for calling them cheaters and whores. Because that oh, would be, yeah, I'm like, yeah. they're cheaters and whores. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Who was? Cheetahs and whores. Okay. All right. We're ready to do okay. this. Well, we're already recording, so. Oh, now I got to edit that part out. <laughs> See, I take this part but we, we when we're just sitting here <laughs> shooting the crap, and uh -huh. I cut it out, and then I stick it on at the end. Stick it. <laughs> so yeah. people that That's people that stick around get the uh, get the little cherry on top at the end. The little, the, the little bit in the front gets stuck in the end. I don't go very deep, but I can rub the hell out of the edges. <laughs> Nice.